Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome back in. It is our number two of the Lombardi line. You're home for all things NFL betting seven days a week on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Back with the former college football national champion and NFL wide receiver Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson. Big second hour for you on the Tuesday edition of the show as we're with you every single Tuesday from downtown Las Vegas. Josh Applebaum joining us in a half hour, host of the Market Insights podcast and Visa Daily Morning Bets. Mike, as we get ready, though, for week three, we've started to see the line movement and the market begin to take shape. And there are some games that jump out as being true marquee matchups, including one that probably would not have been on most most people's list of marquee matchups for week three when the season started. Yet here we are, 2-0 and Miami under a first-year head coach in Mike McDaniel, who is your leader in the clubhouse right now for Coach of the Year, taking on a Bills team fresh off of a demolition of Tennessee last night, 41-7. 2-0 Buffalo in Miami, laying 5.5 now. This is ticked up from 4.5 to 5.5, Mike. On the Miami side, since we did the whole autopsy first hour on Buffalo's Monday night performance, how real is this Miami start? Let's just start there. Well, it's real um, uh, and respect it, at least for me now, because I didn't have any respect for Tua and what he could do uh, at quarterback uh, for Miami. Uh, and I think a lot of people didn't either. And I'm talking about the league, but he's proven a lot of people wrong. And he's earning a lot of respect right now, too. So... Uh, you, you have to be aware of that. You also have to be aware of a divisional game. Last year, you think about the Dolphins, highly competitive, 4-2 and two in the division. Uh, Buffalo was 5-1 and one in the division that way, too. So uh, what I focused in on with the AFC East, too, in particular, was last year they had two of the top 10 scoring teams in, in the league last year, Buffalo mm-hmm. and New England. Now it could be Buffalo and Miami. Uh, it's very interesting. So... This game is is highly appealing, uh, a lot of different angles that go. I will say, like I said earlier, Buffalo has established themselves uh, as an offense that can dictate. Uh, it took the fourth quarter against Baltimore for Miami to get revved up and uh, and certainly exploit some flaws from Baltimore uh, there on the road. But you got to give them respect for that. 28 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but you have to possess the football. And Buffalo has shown the propensity to do that. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, score points. So Baltimore could not possess the football. Uh, they had big plays mm-hmm. all over the place, but they could not keep the ball away from Miami. If they possessed it a little bit more in that fourth quarter, Miami doesn't make that full comeback. Yeah. So uh, I, Buffalo is going to be a different animal altogether for Tua uh, because that defense, um, even on a short week, I, I think it's going to be prepared for that offense. After the 36 of 50 performance, 469 yards, yeah. and six touchdowns and two interceptions. And from your perspective, too, being in Europe, a fast wide receiver when mm-hmm. you played as well, a lot of people thinking when Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill were added into this mix for Tua, right. you think, oh, this should be easy, right? These guys are fast. Just get them out into space. But that wasn't, it wasn't the way it worked out, at least last year under the scheme. And Jalen Waddle despite playing through injuries, was a guy who was seldomly targeted in the scheme as a rookie a season ago under Brian Flores. How have they been able to at least get those guys open from what you've seen in the first two weeks? Well, I mean, a lot of his speed. I mean, a lot of concentration, too, would be on Tariq Hill. Uh, he's going to command so much attention, and now you have Waddle going deeper. Uh, so, Do you think that the addition of two sure. makes it just so much harder when you have two dynamic speakers? Right, and then to be able to protect, too. Like, if you think about Baltimore from a pass-rushing standpoint, okay, 
Uh, they're an aging roster. Um, you, you think about New England, too, from a pass rushing standpoint early on, which Tua and that offense kind of struggled. They got a defensive score in that game. And, uh, but if you provide time, then I, I think with the speed that they have on the offensive side of the ball, Tua is going to be able to find that uh, and get the ball to them, under throw or not. They're going to be wide open a lot of times. But uh, with Buffalo now, there's key injuries with Buffalo. I mentioned Hyde. Um, so that could affect things as the developments through the week. Um, the corner, too, that's in the hospital, he's not going to play with a neck injury, not so soon. Uh, so they're down numbers in the back end, but can that pass rush be disruptive enough against Miami and, and that offense? And if they are, then I don't care how fast you are on the outside, you have problems that you have to solve at the line yeah. of scrimmage. And this total's already up to 54 most books, still some mm-hmm. 53 and a halves out there, opening 51 and, and getting steamed on that side, too. So all the money early on the over and to the Buffalo side. You mentioned, though, the offensive line, right. which if you looked at most of the reputable sources for preseason position-by-position rankings, Miami's offensive line, even with a couple of offseason upgrades, Teron Armstead being the notable one at left tackle, didn't have Austin Jackson, one of their main guys on the right side of that offensive line, still worked last week. But they graded out as a bottom 10 unit, even even if you were being optimistic about some of those additions, Mike. And yet, if you look at the data through two weeks, Miami has done the best job of any offensive line in the league at saving potential sacks from pass blocking. They've so far saved on the metrics here. Pro Football Focus published this after the Sunday games were completed. About two sacks that normally would have been taken, they have prevented Tua Tagovailoa from taking just naturally. By far the best mark so far of the league. I naturally wonder how sustainable is that? Did we just get an O-line that had a couple of good matchups early against, as you mentioned, aging defensive lines in New England and Baltimore? Or is that something you actually put stock into so far with how good they've been? Well, they've been okay, but I put more stock into the opponent because now you're, uh, it's different. I mean, New England was a a familiar opponent, but Buffalo's a familiar opponent with the best defense that got better. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, McDaniel... He's, he's a genius. He really is from, from an offensive a standpoint. And he's had no resistance in terms of uh, freedom calling plays. And he's been highly creative. So uh, maybe they have a package in store for Buffalo working on that. But uh, if you look at matchups, I, I mean, just on the offensive line alone, uh, Armstead's only one tackle, right? And so, again, I just talked about how versatile uh, Buffalo's defensive line has been mm-hmm. and can be. I mean, Big Phillips is a defensive end uh, at times. And so passing situations uh, are going to be different. Obvious passing situations are going to be different than they were last week for Miami. And when you, when you think about, in addition to that, the fact that Miami worst defense by yards per play through mm-hmm. two weeks, Buffalo number one defense. Just, again, yards per play can be somewhat of a misleading stat, but it's a good baseline to start at just on how a defense is performing play to play. You can do the same thing looking at offenses as well. <laughs> Miami lasted the league in yards per play through two weeks, and yet... They are 2-0 and so far, and it'll be a big yeah, yeah. test there. Uh, Buffalo on the road, laying 5.5. I, I wonder where that line gets to, Mike, where the buyback point comes for Miami, because 5.5, in that as, yeah. as usually considered a dead number, at least by our terminology in the Vegas marketplace. But if this hits 6, do you see buyback? Or would it take oh, 7 man. for people to really be interested in Miami? Well, there is a tax on Buffalo. I mean, they are hyped, and then obviously no the performance is yeah. right. And you wonder where that tax is going to be. Um, but looking at Miami, too, again, a familiar opponent with, with the Patriots. Uh, three points in the first quarter, 14 exploded, uh, obviously a, a scoop and score offensively. But then in the second half, they got shut down, though. Uh, and so Buffalo, a familiar opponent, again, now Terry Kill, they, Buffalo has played Terry Kill. Uh, McDermott has played Terry Kill, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Buffalo right now, Five and a half here. Uh, it, if it goes higher, obviously you're not going to chase it. Don't do that. Maybe people feel like they're, they're chasing it now, but um, <laughs> there is a tax involved. So, yeah, just be careful of that number, though. Seems like a popular money line yeah, parlay. Yeah, that's well, what I was With these teams on the road, especially <laughs> right. South Florida early season, put we it this just way. say express caution. Yeah, put that. it this way. If it ticks up, I'm teasing you, I think. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> you will not be the only one who, right. uh, who do that. This opened, this next game we'll talk about opened as a definite teaser candidate, but we've mm-hmm. seen a flip of favorites as we're talking marquee matchups in week three and the big move having to do with A, a big injury, and then B, 
disappointing performance from the home team in this spot, and that is San Francisco at Denver. Your Sunday night football matchup in week three. We'll start with the Trey Lance-Jimmy Garoppolo piece of this, Mike, where we see the report yesterday from Adam Schefter. It is confirmed to be season-ending ankle surgery for Trey Lance. Also suffered the broken fibula in that win over Seattle early in the game, second drive into the red zone when Lance goes down for the 49ers. And this whole idea of the insurance policy for keeping Jimmy G around, it comes to fruition, leads them to a comfortable 27-7 win in that spot. You think about where we're at with the 49ers in general. If we just start from the power rating angle, right. where you view San Francisco today with Garoppolo as the starter versus Lance, how much higher up does San Francisco go in your eyes? And how much trust do you now have in them going on the road to face Denver? Well, first of all, Jimmy G is an insurance policy. Uh, all offseason, they worked with Trey Lance to become the starting quarterback. And Jimmy G had surgery. He was on the sideline. And now he's being incorporated as a starter. And it's like he has some work to do to catch up, I think. Now he's going to have a full week of practice, highly familiar with the playbook. I think uh, Kyle will go back to the Jimmy G playbook. Uh, so that gives you confidence there. But he still is, he still has to prepare. He didn't he missed training camp, uh, if you think about it. And, and so coming in as a backup is different. But now you're the starter, and now your tendencies are going to appear to Denver. Uh, and so it's a different animal right there. And, again, we just talked about chasing numbers. Uh, but on the other side, it's chaotic with the Broncos. And I'm going to read you and everybody else out there Please about do. this information. Former Denver Bronco Mike yeah, Pritchard. Very tied into that market. I am. I am. I am. Um, uh, someone who I trust talked about how they didn't – why is the internet kind of messing me up here? Why they didn't <laughs> – this whole um, thing set up. I know. <laughs> I know. I'll get there. I'll filibuster while you're looking it up. <laughs> no, this, I got it. I got it. Didn't focus okay. on the head coach the whole game, but uh, – was taken back uh, when during the entire defensive series, there was a series, a key series in a game in Denver. Hackett was off the sideline back at the quarterback player bench, diagramming or showing charts to the quarterback, Russell Wilson. So as a head coach, he's not even involved in the game. He's become an offense coordinator, right? And that's which different. Which is what he used to be. Which is why he's failing as a head coach right now with some key decisions. I mean, if you want to be, and Michael Lombardi said this, if you want to be an offensive coordinator, be an offensive coordinator. You're the head coach now. You got to delegate. You have to do that. You have to trust um, that system, and you got people in, in place to do that. Quarterbacks coach, or he can get on the phone and talk to the coordinator upstairs. But for Hackett to do that as a head coach, I think that's very telling right now. Where the state of affairs right now for the Broncos, and we see how this line—the look ahead was Broncos minus three hosting San Francisco. I don't know how much of this is of the line move is how awful Hackett and over how over the head he has looked in two games as yeah. a head coach and how much of this is now having a at least a sort of a reliable quarterback. Mm -hmm. That's the perception on Jimmy Garoppolo in at quarterback because this is flipped from Broncos look ahead minus three open minus two and a half. It's now the 49ers favored by a point and a half. We'll continue the discussion next on this Denver side. I, I need your thoughts on what we're seeing out of Nathaniel Hackett through two games as a head coach, more in-depth than what you just talked about. We'll do that next. Josh Applebaum joins the show as well in about 20 minutes right here on the Lombardi Line. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Horse racing fans, First Bet wants to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita Park on October 6th through the 9th. The grand prize package includes airfare, hotel, tickets to the races, plus a $1,000 betting voucher from First Bet. Head on over to vcin.com slash horses to register. I wonder if that's where Patrick Maher is today. Guy lives in L.A. Make himself a little nice drive down to Santa Anita. And for Patrick Maher, uh, we are today. Patrick back on Thursday. Michael Lombardi back on the show tomorrow. I'm Ben Wilson with Mike Pritchard here for our second hour of the show. Josh Applebaum, host of the uh, VEASAN Daily Morning Bets, will join us in our next segment. But want to continue the conversation on one of our marquee games of week three. San Francisco now laying a point and a half, going to Denver. It's a one and one start for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. 0-2 against the number. I had Denver in multiple teasers over the weekend down to minus three and was was about to lose my mind, although I was on the air, so I, I had to try to stay professional right. on Live Bet Sunday. Good thing. We talk about level of panic and how maybe week one can be overreaction, but now we've had two weeks here of actual data and eye tests to look at with these teams. You mentioned earlier, Nathaniel Hackett, you don't believe he's doing a good job of delegating, especially when it comes to offensive play calling, and it's resulted in maybe a lack of awareness on game management we, we didn't see it exposed against Houston because the Houston Texan offense was absolutely anemic in a 16-9 win for the Broncos. But in a matchup against an elite NFC team like a San Francisco, who is second in, in the NFL in defensive yards per play allowed so far through two weeks, how much do you, do you view Hackett getting exposed in a, in a game like this Sunday night at home? Against, uh, against San Francisco as a home underdog. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating that the Broncos are now home underdog in the situation, but um, even with Russell, right, the impact of Russell Wilson in that trade. But here you go, and I don't think it's all about Jimmy G now being the, head, uh, the quarterback there with San Francisco. Uh, there, no, there's issues in Denver. I mean, I, I thought Denver was overrated uh, beginning of the year, and it's carried over. Uh, the way that they attacked training camp uh, was not – the way that you get ready for this schedule at the beginning of the year, especially the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, now the Denver Broncos have shown uh, some physical play at times. They want to run the football, but not consistent the way that they want to be. Uh, Russell Wilson throwing the football now, he's losing weapons on the outside. Tim Patrick goes down. Uh, Jerry Judy's got a rib injury. K.J. Hamler has the knee uh, from the ACL situation on top of some hamstring issues. Uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, at best, is a 50-50 guy. He's not like a guy, a reliable, let's go to him, let's throw the ball to him 20 times a game, we'll be fine. Uh, he's not that. So they have issues there offensively, and now you have issues within mm -hmm. your coaching staff uh, because Hackett and Russell, Russell Wilson has an office on the same floor as the coaches, and Hackett's conferring with Russell as opposed to going through the chains of command, maybe, like mm -hmm. quarterback's coach or offensive coordinator. And he's a head coach, uh, and he's sitting down on the sideline with the other coach who is the quarterback, which is fascinating to me. And I don't know how long that dynamic can, can work or, mm -hmm. or establish itself even. 
And now on the other side of the ball, a key injury is Justin Simmons. The safety's out. Um, Patrick Sertan got hurt. Uh, we'll see about his availability, too. Uh, I, I, San Francisco, talk, we talked about dictating. I think with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and the physical nature of the running game, they're going to want to do that again. Uh, so it's a tough matchup, in my opinion, for Denver, who's they also have offensive line problems. I mean, Denver was over overhyped and overrated to begin the year, and I think they're going to take some time to fix that out and figure it out. And what you wonder now is, from the offensive production standpoint and actually finishing drives, mm -hmm. you just have to wonder what are the numbers actually telling us and can there be an improvement here on the, the big plays once you get into opponent territory? Right. Because Denver... So far, the numbers would indicate they are doing everything right, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They're seventh in yards per play so far through two weeks. Eight of their 11 drives, Mike, on Sunday against Houston get at the very least into opponent territory. Eight drives out of 11, and yet you come up with 16 points combined. Right. 16 points when you had eight drives getting into opponent territory. When you look at that, what's your fix if you're, if you're Nathaniel Hackett and you're Russell Wilson when you're up, as you mentioned, they're obviously conferring amongst each other, probably in private. What's the fix if you're Denver when you're moving the ball, but you still are, are finding ways to shoot yourselves in the foot? I, I don't know if they know what the fix is because they have to figure it out. They didn't work in preseason, so they're trying to figure it out on the sideline. They're, they're drawing up plays in the dirt, man. That's what they're doing right now. So are think they, about are it. they drawing up tight end sure, end arounds on third and one yeah. the, the, at the edge of field goal range to get blown up? Because that's what it, I mean, that's clearly what it's looked like. But I always ask myself this question, what does that team, what do they want to do versus what can they do? And you got injuries now. What can the Broncos do? From a consistent standpoint, offensively, they haven't proved to me that they can do a whole lot. And consider your opponents. It's Seattle, a very vanilla defense. And then when Jamal Adams goes out, I mean, really vanilla. And then you think about Houston defensively, too. Just not enough pieces yet for Lovey and what he wants to do. But yet the Broncos offense still struggled. Now you're going up against a Super Bowl caliber defense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and Joey Bosa, right? And, and so, no, Nick Bosa, sorry. And then so you got all these issues on top of your opponent. And I, I think if you eliminate turnovers for Jimmy G and, and San Francisco offensively, uh, they should be able to move the football. They have continuity on their side. A big reason why we've seen that flip of favorites. It's not just, the, as you talked about, not just the continuity right. for Garoppolo and the 49er offense. It's also these struggles, which we talked about last week. We did not view it being just a one-week flip of the script, a switch necessarily for Hackett and the actual and the actual you know, flow, game flow of, of how that all works out as a head coach, even though, of course, Mike, I did lay 10 with Denver. Uh, <laughs> I was at least expecting for one game the sample size to look good. It uh, didn't work out. But again, those are the reasons why we've seen a big flip of favorites there. Broncos have fallen now still nine and a half on the win total, but a distant third favorite in the AFC West at plus 350. There are some concerns, though, injury-wise, Mike, within this division. You see how the odds have reflected the Week two performances, Chiefs now minus 105 after holding on to beat the Chargers who get in the back door at plus 240 now, your second choice to come out of the AFC West. But for LA, the issue is Justin Herbert, who fractures rib cartilage day-to-day -day is the report coming out of LA, and they host a Jacksonville team that has looked very game through two weeks, loses on a, a last two-minute touchdown pass from Carson Wentz in Washington week one lose that game by six and then shut out Indianapolis 24, nothing in week two right now. We haven't seen much movement on this game from a line standpoint because of the uncertainties surrounding Justin Herbert and his health, right? Laying seven at this point looked really bad. And he was able to, I don't know how he gutted his way through the end of that game against Kansas city, but what, what do you do with a game like Man. this? And what do you do if, if you're LA trying to manage your franchise piece in Justin Herbert, given that it, that it is such a, uh, that is such a painful. tough injury to it's try painful. and ask a guy to play through. Yeah. Uh, well, you can play through it. It's painful. Um, and, and Coach uh, Staley talked about the, the comfort level of Justin Herbert. Where is that going to be? Do you see the irony in this, though? It's kind of funny. I mean, um, Tyrod Taylor yeah. has a punctured <laughs> lung because he's getting a block, but he gets a punctured lung and therefore Herbert is a starter. And now it's the rib. It's the, it's the cartilage. So the rib, and it's like, is he going to trust that doctor to give him <laughs> another injection here? I mean, yeah. this is incredible, it's, but it's real though. Like if you're Justin Herbert, are you going to trust that doctor who punctured the lung of Taylor? 
Or, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do with that? I don't even want to th- right, right. think about I mean, that. I think but it's yeah. real because that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to get a block uh, because, you know, is he going to do what's necessary to play a game? That's, that's code for he's going to take a shot or he's going to get it dead. And, I mean, he's probably going to have a bigger flat jacket too. But I, I play with quarterbacks. They get hit in the ribs all the time. And that injury is something that you can play with if, if you can stand it. Right. Well, I remember Elway, what, John Elway, 96, 97 seasons. He was hurt basically. He, I remember he had a, one of those seasons. He had a rib injury basically the entire mm-hmm. year. And Denver, it was very odd. They sat him some games. They right. would try to suit him up and see how he felt, but were very quick to pull him. Mm-hmm. In the era we're in now, though, Mike, 2022, 18-week, 17-game season, what do, you, what do you do? How do you handle this if you're the Chargers? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a delicate situation because – they're facing a lawsuit from Tyrod Taylor and the fact that he got his lung punctured. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it's... It was already curious before you oh, added that man. layer on top of it. Now, I don't know if it's the same doctor. I mean, we got... We usually have two team doctors, and uh, if you're Justin Herbert, you're probably going to the other doctor if you can. But uh, we'll see. I mean, that's the week of practice. What you do with this game at this moment, um, I, it, Justin Herbert, the throws that he made in that game against Kansas City even when hurt... Uh, if he's good to go uh, and the comfort, I mean, I, I'd love the situation with the with the Chargers. Seven, getting them at home against yeah. the Jacksonville team. Do you over, do you believe it was it will be kind of overrated over uh, overrated in the market when you think about how Jacksonville shut out Indianapolis? Right. It's like how much of that do you put on the ineptitude of an indie offense led by Matt Ryan, or how much of that do you put on a young? And inexperienced, but growing Jacksonville defense. Yeah, I mean, they are growing. Uh, same thing with Trevor Lawrence, too. He's a he's a generational talent, and he's growing. He's going to get better, too. And uh, a teaser. I mean, even with Justin Herbert, you're more comfortable uh, if you can find a teaser leg that you're attracted to, uh, certainly with the charges. You're but, saying, yeah. Even, yeah. even with a compromised Herbert, if he goes, yeah, still I mean, a teaser leg you'd look for at. For me, I mean, seven is just too much uh, with the unknown of Justin Herbert. I understand that. I remember one of those games, we were talking 96 Packers earlier. John Elway hit one of those years with the rib injury, yeah. sat him for Bill Musgrave in a game against the Packers in 96. I know Bill well. When, when the Broncos were 13-1 and one and they sat Elway for Musgrave, it did not go well uh, for Denver. Josh Applebaum, host of the Daily Morning Bets show at Visa, joins us next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to v Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by v show hosts and guests. 24-7 video, season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Certainly hope you've been taking advantage of that as we welcome you back to the Lombardi Line. I'm Ben Wilson with Mike Pritchard in for Patrick Maher, who's back Thursday, and Michael Lombardi back with us tomorrow on the show. A guy you hear every single day on VEASAN Daily Morning Bets, one of our newest podcasts you can get wherever you subscribe to your podcast, as well as the Market Insights podcast. It's Josh Applebaum joining us as he does each and every Tuesday. Josh, the sky was falling in Foxborough after week one, but you're out in Boston. Pats get the job done, even if it wasn't the sexiest of wins over the weekend. And a lot of line move there, Josh, going to the Pats, got up to minus three, and they they hang on, 17-14 wins. So how are you feeling there in uh, in Beantown this week with the one-and-one start? Well, Ben and Pritch, it's great to be with you. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not super excited. Again, we got a lot to iron out here with the offensive coordinator, Patricia calling plays, but I think it was a step in the right direction. But I think more importantly, Ben, you know, what's important to me is kind of looking at that line movement. That was a great microcosm of what I like to look for when I'm betting a game. So, you know, my basic things are I want to be against the public. I want to be with the Sharps. I want to beat the closing line. And I think what was interesting about that Patriots game is just the fact that when it opened, it was such a fishy number. They were laying one and a half. How can you Make the, you know, what are the odds makers doing? How can they make New England a favorite when they look so bad in Miami, whereas Pittsburgh had that big win there uh, against the Bengals? But that would be kind of a classic fade the trendy dog play. Even though New England was only getting, you know, around 25% of bets, that line moved in their favor, minus one and a half up to minus three. And this is really why I like to money line these short favorites, because if you if, if you laid the three late with New England, you push, you money line, you win. And that was very similar to last night, guys. Obviously, if you laid the points, you still cover with the Eagles. 
But the, the kind of the comparison there was it really became a trendy dog in favor of Minnesota. When you look earlier in the week, it was Eagles like laying three down to one and a half. It looked like early money was going Minnesota. But one thing I've learned over the years betting NFL, don't lock yourself in too early into mm -hmm. a bet. Because if you went with that early move Minnesota, it made sense. The line was going in their favor. But two things. One, late buyback was all over Philly. Uh, really important to me, that late buyback, that late movement before you get to kickoff, because that's when the limits are raised and big bets come in. But also it became a really trendy dog. Minnesota ended up getting like 65, 70% of bets. So to me, I want those gross dogs. You guys know the hazmat dogs, as Pritch and I always used to talk about. Uh, it's those dogs that get really popular that I want to bet against. So, you know, Eagles cash yesterday, Pat's cash uh, on Sunday. That's kind of a microcosm of what I like to look for when betting the NFL. So this next game I want to ask you about is right up your alley because I, I always was fascinated by uh, the data-driven betting approach that you have, Josh. And um, so here's where it doesn't trip me up at all, but I'm curious about how you interpret this situation, though. Uh, with San Francisco now a one-and-a-half favorite, uh, but yet the bets are 76% uh, sided with San Francisco. Obviously, there you got a dog situation with Denver and a contrarian situation too, but you don't want to chase the steam with San Francisco. So help me out from a data-driven approach here. What do you do with a game like this? Pritch, I'm glad you let off with this one because this is like, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong. I have like good stuff on both sides here. Like uh, number one, let's just start with the movement. It's going all towards San Francisco. You know, a lot of shops open. Some shops are like Detroit, uh, Denver laying one and a half at home or Denver even laying like two. Now it's flipped all the way to 49ers minus one and a half. So to like the 49ers, right off the bat, we have dog to fave line movement. Uh, also, I think there's a big coaching mismatch there. Shanahan in favor of Hackett. Hackett's a guy that, you know, Pritch, I'm just not too confident. Maybe he'll learn on the job and get better, but I'm not really a fan of laying points with him. You saw against Houston, they were a 10-point uh, favorite. Obviously couldn't cover that number. So on the one hand, line's going to San Fran. I'm actually leaning on a money line play towards San Fran. But Pritch, this is why betting the NFL is difficult. We have a good move toward the 49ers. You can money line them around minus 120. I actually think going to Jimmy G, I like the 49ers more than when they had Trey Lance. But also, are they going to become really popular here, Pritch? Like, you know, they're across the market getting, I think, like 65, 70, 80% of bets. They do have a little bit more money here. My one thing would be if we see this continue to rise and it gets all the way, like, I don't know if it will, but do you see that San Francisco money continue to pour in, get them up to minus three? You could interest me in a buyback Denver plus three at home, contrarian primetime game. But as of right now, Pritch, it's not a perfect play. I don't love that it's so yeah. popular, but I'll be leaning towards San Fran here on the money line based on that dog to fave move. And you can follow Josh and see all of his work at Josh underscore insights on Twitter. And you think about some of the reaction to these primetime games, Josh, and we talked last week about some of the overreaction. What about, you mentioned the Minnesota spot ended up being a lot of people were backing the, the dog late in, the, in that week and ends up not working out. Philadelphia easily wins and covers there 24 to 7. And we're already seeing a lot of movement towards Detroit in this week three matchup. Minnesota in, on the opener around 8 down to minus six lions looking great in the week two win over Washington. What do you do in spots like these where you have a team in Minnesota look so bad in a primetime spot against this young team with a lot of buzz in Detroit here, uh, who is certainly getting some respect there in the market now down to six point road uh, road underdogs there in Minnesota. So another one here, Ben, where it's not a perfect play, because as you mentioned, you know, typically when I want to bet, I want to look for a contrarian value, not just bet against the public, but buy low on a team that didn't play well, sell high on a team that did play well. That's so you can take advantage of kind of overvalued or undervalued bets. So to your point here, Ben, Minnesota open minus seven, they're down to six. You know, that's a big overnight move there or the you know, last couple of days toward Detroit. You know, they would match for me, divisional dog. They're around 54% the last few years. Also, Dan Campbell has been really good covering numbers. He's 13 and uh, six now ATS as a dog. So he's done very well. But as you mentioned, will this turn into Detroit, you know, getting 65, 70% of bets? My one angle here, though, which I think is a benefit to Detroit, is a bit of a rest advantage. You know, obviously, Minnesota played last night, short week, Monday night, now have to play Sunday. Detroit played on Sunday. They're on regular rest. So you missed the seven. You know, my thing here now is, you know, where are we going to go with this six right now? You know, since we moved back uh, the extra point, you know, you've seen six become a little bit more of a key number. Is there any late buyback where it gets back up to six and a half? Or will we see this line continue to fall toward Detroit down to five and a half? I'm going to look toward the dog in this one. Again, it's not a perfect play. I want to be contrarian. I don't want to be with the public, but I do like this move for Detroit. I think this one might be a close game here. I'm leaning toward taking the points of the Lions. How about this next game, Josh? Uh, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay at home. Uh, you got Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady. I, okay, the public's going to bet with Tom Brady, right? Why would you bet against him? Uh, but again, it's so different around him. 
Uh, and then you think about these defenses, too, the total sitting at 41. Uh, how are you looking at this matchup? Yeah, massive move to the under here, Pritch. You know, it opened at 47 and a half early, all the way down to 41. Both teams are 2-0 and to the under so far this year. In terms of, you know, one factor here, it's obviously Mike Evans. He's likely to miss this game due to that suspension. So you're missing one of your star wide receivers, a guy who really can affect a total. But now they're at 41, 41 and a half, somewhere around there. You did kind of miss the boat. What I'm looking toward is Green Bay maybe in a teaser because this line did open Tom Brady at home laying three, immediately got down to two and a half. Now some shops are down to two. I'm interested to see, you know, is there buyback where these twos get back up to two and a half? But if you do look at these short road dogs getting plus three or less, since 2019, they're 57% against the spread. You also look at these dogs who made the playoffs the previous year. They're 57% in that same time frame. So maybe it's Tom Brady. Again, one thing we've learned over the years, guys, you're not going to make money betting against Tom Brady. Remember last week against the Saints, a lot of respected money like the points there. I did two, three down to two and a half. Well, it didn't matter. Brady covers that number. So it's hard to bet against the, uh, the GOAT here. I'd be looking toward Green Bay in the points, but I'm kind of looking toward a teaser just in case it's mm -hmm. a short, you know, three-point win with Brady. You can take Green Bay two and a half up to eight and a half, you know, two up to eight, go through three, go through seven. I'd be leaning under. Again, I just don't love that it, it's fallen so much, but I will look toward the Packers here, either points or on a teaser. And this has fallen down it, the number of shops, Josh, right. down to two here, as well as 41 flat. So the movement continues to come down on the under and to Green Bay in that road spot going to Tampa. We'll get you out of here on, on this last game on Buffalo and Miami. Mike and I doing our look ahead a preview of that game for week three. Buffalo getting a lot of movement this morning up to five and a half now on the road in the market. What do you make of that spot for two, two and O teams? So I really like the Dolphins early guys because a lot of these books did open five and they got down to four and a half. And I'm like, okay, everyone's going to be betting Buffalo. They look fantastic. I'll be honest. I'm scared betting against Buffalo this year. They look so good, both offensively and defensively. Also, if you're on the under yesterday, could they stop scoring? Like it landed, you know, 48 and the total is like 47. Tough beat if you got a late under there. But early movement was to the Dolphins, but then this line shot up overnight, guys. It's now up to minus five and a half. Does it get to six? I'm not sure. But I think the point here would be Miami's in a really good contrarian spot. Anytime you see a team that the public loves that's coming off a blowout, you can kind of extract a little bit of inflated line value by betting against those teams. So I'd be leaning Dolphins here. Again, I don't love betting against the Bills. I think, you know, if you're going over 11 and a half win total prior to the season, you're now 2-0 and and you're feeling good about that. But Miami, obviously what they did in the uh, against the Ravens was super impressive. Uh, two was MVP numbers, I think, fell from like 40-1 to down to like 18-1. to but also, guys, divisional dogs and two ATS in his career as a dog, eight, three, and one. So he's covered a lot of numbers. So it's Miami or nothing for me. I just can't, you know, get behind laying a number after its move with the public. I'm looking toward Miami and crossing my fingers that maybe they can cover that against yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, and, and a move up to 53 and a half or 54 now is our total as we sit there. Josh, thanks as always, man. Great stuff. We, we love having you on our Tuesday show. You guys are the best. Good luck today. Absolutely. Right. Josh underscore insights where you find Josh Applebaum on Twitter, host of VEASAN Daily Morning Bets and the Market Insights Podcast. You know, we haven't really talked about in-depth, Mike. Thursday Night Football. That's right. Time for our deep dive preview. Okay. Your first look at Thursday Night Football with a big line movement already between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. We'll discuss next as we wrap up the show here on the Lombardi Line. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers incredible experiences and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back for the final time on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. In for Patrick Maher. I'm Ben Wilson. Patrick back on Thursday. Mike Pritchard in for uh, Michael Lombardi. Michael back with us tomorrow. Always fun here on these Tuesdays. You and I hanging out. Talking Having NFL betting, yep, circus sports, mm-hmm. book studios, where we're at uh, downtown Las Vegas. As we get into our Thursday night matchup here, we've seen the line move early from Cleveland laying three on the opener up to minus five against Pittsburgh. Divisional matchup Thursday night. Total also seeing some action to the under opening 40 and a half. Basically market wide. We're down to 38 and a half. That was 39 when we started our show today, uh, right at noon on the East Coast, Mike. So the, the money continues to come in mostly to the under, also to the Browns in that initial move. We'll start with this, though. If you're Cleveland, you come off that game on Sunday where you had a 99.9% win probability, according to ESPN. If Nick Chubb goes down inbounds after getting around the edge from the 12-yard line, the game is quite literally over. It's actually over. Jets out of timeouts. Instead, he scores. You're up 30-17. to 17. You miss an extra point. You give up a blown coverage touchdown. You give up an onside kick. You give up another touchdown. And all of a sudden, in about a 10-minute span of real-time the game's over and you're stunned. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a, a collapse Never. like that. I don't, I, it would have taken a lot for you in your yeah. playing days. But what is, what is the locker room going to be like this week coming off such a devastating loss like that? That's kind of where we have to start. Here. Well, first of all, it was to the Jets. So how are you going to get over that? And that. Um, yeah, and but that. <laughs> no, I, obviously there's issues. I mean, when you lose a game like this, uh, it's, it's, there's issues. I mean, I'm going to sound like Trent Dilfer here. Uh, I don't want to, <laughs> okay. but I'm going to. <laughs> Um, there's more ways of losing a game than winning a game, right? I mean, that's little Trent Dilfer for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the Cleveland Browns, they lost the game. I mean, and, and okay, Stefanski's coming out and saying, I should have reminded Chubb and I should have did this, I should have did that. But he's a head coach, play caller. Uh, a lot on his plate. Chubb, a lot on his plate. I mean, he's carrying the team right now, rushing the football. Uh, so I, I think defensively too, you want to talk about being overhyped. I, I believe the Browns defense could be overhyped right now uh, and overtalked about in terms of being that good uh, when the secondary and the concepts they have break down. And that's been through history. That's been uh, a trademark of Joe Woods here. So 
if you're familiar with Cleveland in any way, you know that about that roster. You know, you know that about their coaching staff. And certainly you look at Pittsburgh, they're familiar with Cleveland in that way. But yeah, I think Cleveland has issues to overcome. It's a big number in the division on a Thursday mm-hmm. night at five here. But on the other side, you got Pittsburgh, too, struggling offensively. Uh, it's not a coincidence at all. But when you have Baker Mayfield struggling offensively, Matt Ryan struggling offensively, Russell Wilson struggling offensively, Atlanta not struggling but could be better uh, offensively, and then Pittsburgh. What do they have in common? They have a new quarterback with a new team. And so now you have a new quarterback with a new team on the road in a division. Now, it it happened to work out against Cincinnati, but they got, I don't know, four or five turnovers. I I don't see that happening with Brissett throwing the ball. I don't know if he's going to have that many opportunities to turn the ball over. Uh, And then Chubb, the way he's running it, I mean, it's incredible what that guy is doing. So uh, I see why the total is drifting down the way it is. Uh, I'm trying to find a way for Pittsburgh to cover this number uh, it's early. Uh, maybe I'll find something. But uh, as of right now, it's, it's tough to lay it with Cleveland, though. Right. I know they and have issues. It, well, and you talk about the issues on both sides. Pittsburgh at 4.3 yards per play, tied for 30th in the NFL through two weeks. You look at the play calling specifically for Cleveland, though. That's where I want to get your take on where we saw week one, Jacoby Brissett throw 34 times and the running game accounted for 39 carries. A bit more of a split that you would expect this past week where Brissett only throws it 27 times. They run 37 times. But still, through two weeks, where you have this placeholder quarterback who's been a career backup to bottom end starter in the NFL, you're, and you have arguably one of the best offensive lines in the game. You have arguably the best two-headed monster at running back in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. You're at 55% only running the ball, Mike, how much of a surprise is that for you watching the way that distribution has played out through two weeks? Well, especially when you are controlling the game and, and you know, when you're uh, effective rushing the football too, right? And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, a tendency thing. You know, Stefanski, can he be disciplined enough to call the game that way? Uh, at times, you got to throw it. I mean, Brissett, if you look at his numbers, he was efficient. Uh, but he did have the mistake too. But I mean, Cleveland lost the game, and they lost the game for other factors. I mean, rushing the football, they're going to still do that, and they're very effective doing that. They're going to do that against the Steelers. Uh, So as a better, keep that in mind. Uh, The Cleveland Browns are going to stay true to what they do and and what they can do currently uh, with the quarterback situation. So uh, it's extraordinary what they've been able to do. Maybe some more higher percentage passes, 4%. They kind of just keep Pittsburgh off balance, but no, they're going to run the football. When you think about it, it's not just that, that they have the, you know, the good personnel on paper, like mm-hmm. we just talked about with the perception on the O-line in the running back game, but 5.6 yards per carry week one, five yards per carry week two. You are getting chunk yardage every single time, and you have a quarterback who you know is not your, your number one option. He's just there as the game manager placeholder type. It, it's been a little bizarre to me watching how Kevin Stefanski has still been pretty aggressive throwing the football. And there are certain game states where you have to, like right. at the end of the game against Carolina, end of the game against the Jets last week. But I wonder how you how you think that plays out against your divisional rival, especially how pace is concerned. Where, right. as you talked about earlier, you think Pittsburgh will try to slow the pace of this game down, keep the clock moving, limit the possessions, keep the ball on the ground with your the strength of your team. Mm-hmm. Because if you're looking to go under here, you you probably want those two elements to come together. You you expect you get that out of Pittsburgh, but yeah. do you expect Stefanski to go to the run more in a spot like this? I don't know if he'll go to the run more. They'll try to run it. They're going to have to because Brissett's going to do play action anyway. I mean, uh, from a drop back standpoint, Pittsburgh's too complicated. You know, the third and longs or even second and longs. And so uh, you, you have to make the game easier for Brissett if you can, if, if you're Stefanski, and that's running the football. Uh, but you have to be effective on first down too. Maybe you change it up that way. Take advantage of first down, the unknown down, and uh, Pittsburgh's guessing a little bit defensively. Maybe you can throw it that way. Uh, but I will caution betters here in terms of, you know, you look at the opponent, Carolina, you look at the Jets too. Now they thought they, they would have the right mindset to stop the run, but they couldn't. Like can Pittsburgh, who is highly familiar with everything Cleveland does, and they have a willing participant and the Steelers that want to strap up that helmet and put extra air in it, right? Yeah. Uh, and so from a physical standpoint, who's going to win that? And I think uh, Steelers could be up to the task there. The reason why I'm looking for ways the Steelers can win this game or even cover the number is on the offensive side Uh, from Trubisky. You know, it's a new quarterback with a new team on the road, and that's hard to bet or or to back 
uh, here, but the points uh, elevated a little bit in the division, though. Yeah. So instead, you're, you're probably looking more total. It's it's an again. It's I'm not going to chase it though. Tough spot to <laughs> uh, to look at Pittsburgh as we yeah. talk about now getting uh, the five points. But as we were just talking about, when you think about pace and you think about mm-hmm. personnel combined with general game flow and play calling here, when you like when you were playing, I have to think that that was a pretty stark contrast for certain teams who are looking to go air raid and move the ball quickly. And we've talked about how. That applies to teams like Buffalo and, and where you get some of those really high totals. How much do you do you think pace does kind of drive and, and reflect a lot of these these general game states where coaches are trying to figure out their, right. you know, their, their strengths and personnel? Like how, how big of a deal is that well, uh, with, with pace in general? Yeah, I mean, but you think about pace, too. It, it could be so different. Uh, Arizona controlled the game. I think they had like 35 minutes of possession time. Same thing with uh, Miami on the road. So. They controlled pace, but they had to come back from behind. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. pace is pace, but scoring and capping off drives or generating big plays is such a big part of today's national football. Like you can control the pace if you're Cleveland, but what if you're kicking field goals? And then you kick two or three field goals, and lo and behold, uh, you're still down one possession You know, if you're the Steelers. So um, I, I think the Steelers need to be more explosive. In particular, Trubisky needs to take more chances. They're too good on the outside, and couple that, too, with Joe Woods in that secondary that allowed way too many passing touchdowns last year. They were in the bottom tier, and it's got a carryover into this year. So that's why I'm exploring the Steelers. Yeah, well, and as, as, yeah. You're, as you're saying, it's our VEASAN pro tip of the hour as we, we wrap up here. A, familiarity, and B, pace of teams. If, mm-hmm. if you have similar strategies that com, you know essentially uh, combine in certain matchups like that, there are angles to look at, especially when you're looking more so at totals as opposed to sides. Right. Now, again, as we talk about this specifically, in this game, totals already dropped so far. I don't know that you, it'd be really hard-pressed to want to take an under here, but that's our general pro tip. Look for those spots where you have same pace, similar type of personnel, very familiar matchups, and you can find yourself in, in a position to take advantage of some of these totals out there in the market. Again, vcin.com slash pro tips for all of those, sorted by sport and by show. You're not going to be brave enough, though, to take a stab on Pittsburgh, Mike. I'm not, you're not going to be. You're I'm, not going to talk me into it. I'm leaning right the I'll way you're right now. <laughs> All right, we'll see how where you get there on, uh, on yeah. Thursday. For Mike Pritchard, I'm Ben Wilson. Saying so long. Thanks as well to the whole crew. Matt Sanders, our producer behind the glass. Andrew Ingold, our technical director, among others, leading the charge. Up next, V Sin Big Bets from the South Point. At Bet Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.